I got a quote for you here that I think um, is relevant in, in that Friday feeling kind of way. And it's a quote from Machiavelli. Oh, God. And it's men desire novelty to such an extent that those who are doing well wish for a change as much as those who are doing badly. Oof. Yeah. It is a very flowery grass is always green on the other side, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, look, I think that your immediate gut response is to say, oh, that's crazy. Well, it makes you, know, you feel defensive we... almost, right? Well, I think we immediately say, well, by change, we mean uh, lessening, lessening in circumstances. And that's not true. You know, even those who are very successful want things to be new and spicy and different. But that could also mean, hey, you know, this year, let's uh, let's vacation in Rome instead of Florence. Yeah, it can like, be lateral, right? Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? But still very extravagant. So I think that's true. I don't think I, I actually in in modern times, more mm-hmm. in modern times, where the conception that things don't have to be rote, don't things don't have to be the same thing over and over. We don't need to wake up every day and plow the same field and you know plant and harvest according to a certain schedule. We're literally for months at a time. It's just you know you know rinse, clean, repeat, dry, repeat, or whatever it is, like the same thing over and over. That's not how modern life at least apparently works. I think for a lot of us, the rat race is still the rat race, but there's all these time wasters. There's stupid podcasts like good evening, (laughs) good morning. And there's games on our phone and we have switches and we have YouTube and TikTok and everything under the sun streaming. All these things are meant to distract us. And they take the, they take the place of that change that our our buddy Nicolo's. You think that about. you think that novelty is scratched by smaller things because we have such such so much more content and so much more distractions in our lives that playing you know what a lot of people call the old dopamine roulette of TikTok or Instagram reels scratches that itch because you're not sitting around in a field going God I wish I wasn't plowing today I wish I was doing this. Yeah, I think it makes you think, and and, and it scratches the itch. Like a bug bite. You're not curing mm. the bug bite. In fact, you might be making it worse. So it, in a very real way, it scratches you because it doesn't solve the problem. You're not actually getting any change. It right. Really, it's addressing, it's addressing, it's addressing the symptom, not the cause. Exactly. But yeah, I think that's totally what it does. I do think also we, are te- we have a tendency as humans, this is something that I've struggled with in my entire life, my whole life, that you'll have this thing of like, oh, if only I was, if only I could achieve X, if only I did Y, I, that, then I'd be happy. That's the thing that's stopping me. And there's always something. Uh, now that's not to say there's a there's a problem triage here, right? The thing that I gravitate to immediately when I read this quote is: you think of somebody who someone who is doing well, you think of someone who's like healthy and having financial success. Obviously, if you're not worrying about paying your rent, that you will you will have other problems, but they will feel like smaller problems, and they yeah. are smaller problems, but they don't feel like that to you. You know what I mean? It's tricky. Yeah, I, I think that everyone problems are a personal thing. Right? <clears throat> And you can't really quantify how it feels, mm-hmm. you know, if it's, hey, I'm um, I'm homeless versus, hey, I, I want to get the nicest house on the block and I, I'm living in a $3 million house, but I buy, man, I want that $10 million house. These are very quantitatively, objectively different problems, but on a personal level, they can feel the same. And I you, get you how also, you also pick two, you pick two extremely whole, you know, like cartoonishly opposite examples. There's a whole mm-hmm. shade of things in between. But what I think, another thing I think the quote is getting at is that it is very, very difficult to feel satisfied. 
you know, and that's the whole purpose of like trying to practice gratitude and these things like that. So try and settle you in and appreciate. And this is something that I have struggled with a lot. I will achieve something and go, great, that's my new baseline. Time to achieve another thing. And forever. And you end up with this like Sisyphean approach to success where you're pricing yourself into never feeling satisfied. Now, the that's capitalism, of, baby. I mean, right. I love it, that. that. That is capitalism. You know, there's always a bigger car. There's always right. a better interior. There's always a bigger house on the block. One of the ways gratitude is it. And I don't know if I, I don't know if I told you this. Uh, I'm doing a thing this year where every week, once a week, I write on a post-it something I was grateful for of the week. Did Jay Shetty actually suggested this? Dr. J. Every week. And then at the end of the year, you can go through all the post-its. Maybe you and Nikki go through the posts together. You read hers and she reads yours. That's cute. Yeah, I like it's that. It's amazing. It is. I literally will sit down. I've got a little bar over here and I take notes during the week. Oh, this. I love this. I, so then I go through and I'm like, oh, these are the three or four things. And, that, and then I have to actually. Th- I'm a very lucky man. We've discussed this. Then I go through like the three or four things. And I go, which one of these things that have happened to me this week, all of which I'm grateful for, do I write down? And I date it. And I put it in the jar. It's tricky. Like we are very, very quick to forget um, things that make us happy and very slow to forget things that make us sad or angry. That's a choice. It, well, it's not an easy choice though. I think it, you know, it is, I, I think it is because um, it's, it's, it's an easy choice. It's difficult to put into action. Right. Fine. When, because not because it's inherently difficult, we've built muscles mm-hmm. that, make us dwell on the pain and the failures. We we don't use those muscles to dwell on the good stuff. I invite everybody and you specifically, Dennis, pick something good. Maybe it was a wonderful meal. Maybe it was time with Nikki. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was something fortuitous happened to you and let it linger. Savor it. Go back to that memory. Revisit it. I struggle with sitting in things like good and bad. And like, like mm-hmm. I, you know, I go to therapy, my therapist will be like, when you feel something, just sit with it. I'm very quick to be like, yep, okay, move on. Yep, okay, move on. Um, and it's, you know, like, like you said, it's easier to dwell on things that are negative because that's something we're used to. Used to. And it's a survival instinct, right? You want to learn from it and avoid it. It's just, it's all just about survival and avoidance and seeking reward and avoiding pain. That's all you're wired to do on like a lizard brain level. Um, so it's protectionist to want to be like, okay, well, that was great and all, but we, we need to focus on what the next great thing is because- yeah. 15,000 years ago, maybe you found a couple of berries and it's like, that's great and all, and you ate them, but we need to focus on what the next berries are. You can't really sit around going, God, weren't those berries amazing? I also think in a very similar pattern, building on what what you're saying, um, in in a more modern, the modern, specifically, man, I'm going to use the male adjective because I'm going to talk about my experience because dwelling- Machiavelli does too in the quotes. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, back then, that meant everyone, right? Yes, that was mankind, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, in his worldview, I'll speak for myself here, living in the moment and letting emotion, particularly bad emotion, frustration, anger, having these things um, linger in me is something I've very, always been very quick to move off of. I've had to let myself, and that's how you kind of like sweep things under the rug and you, mm-hmm. know, you, you get nice little surprises a month, uh, a year, 10 years later, and you're like, Ooh, I didn't let that one play itself out. That's still there. <laughs> isn't it? Um I do think that being emotional, and I'm speaking specifically for Mashi here, for myself, not for you, Dennis, but as a man, because I'm a man and that's part of my male experience, that itself uh, has been a lot of vulnerability. Moving on to the next thing, even when it's happy, even when it's a good thing, true joy 
is vulnerability. When you're happy, you're vulnerable. When you're angry, you're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. When you're emotional, you're vulnerable. And moving out of that state quite quickly provides us the illusion that we are invulnerable. I shouldn't say us. I'm speaking of me. Provided me with the illusion that I was invulnerable. Um, and so that's that's one thing I've really learned is trying to embrace that vulnerability um, means letting those things sit. I think it is very important. It's in the last few months and in the last year, I dare say, I've spent a lot of time focusing on on myself. God, that's so trite. I'm turning into a hipster. Um, but that's the one. That's one thing I've. Really You're just learned. embracing your 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 SoCal nature. There's nothing different. About, like it's all. I am from Northern California. You son of a. Yeah, but you have SoCal nature. Yeah, you do go back and forth. Also, by the way, um, mm-hmm. something I want to cut with cut this a little bit because um, I think there's a positive element to it. I think that that sort of internal itch and discomfort and drive to move is positive in some ways. It is what keeps people driven. It is what keeps you looking and seeking for better things. And I talked earlier about, you know, ancient humans. It's what got us out of caves and got us nomadic sure. and, got, and all that stuff. It is powerful. But if you let it diminish your accomplishments and the things that make you happy and it let, it let it erode your gratitude, um, you're setting yourself up into a position where it is you're making it impossible for yourself to be happy. Don't make it all about the hunt, mm-hmm. right? Make it about the prize, what you're hunting. Um, but you're right. We we crave the hunt. There's excitement there. And um, it's also very appealing, especially nowadays with this sort of like this like hustle culture, grind set mentality that like it's all about the chase. It's all about the hunt. It's all about the next thing. You know, a million dollars isn't cool. A billion dollars is cool, et cetera, et cetera. A million dollars yeah. is pretty cool. That's not pretend. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You know what? Um, I don't know, but I'd like to get a million and then find out. I'll get back. I'd, to I'd like. I'd like to find out. Let me give it a shot. Let me take it for yeah, a spin. Let me, let me just tell you. I'll, I'll report back to everybody. Yeah. Uh, I'll say, kind of in a similar fashion. I had a Japanese instructor, Hirose Sensei. Shout out to Stephen Hirose. Um, I hope he's doing well. He was a great teacher, and he used to say to us, "Boredom is a luxury you don't have. There's mm. always something you can do. There's always something you can learn. There's always things to go out there." Um, and explore. And this is before the internet, y'all. This is in 1995. So I think that's, it is part of human nature. One of the, as you said, one of the reasons that we are no longer in caves, one of the reasons that we're not in the dark ages, one of the reasons that we've progressed is we possess an insatiable curiosity. Another great quote. Actually, you know what? I'll save it. I'll use it. I'll use it for a Okay. Sound by that one. Um, you're right, though. It is I just want to like, because the quote is very tempting to be like, oh, you fool, you don't appreciate what you have. But that drive is motivating. It is powerful. But it is about harnessing the the motivation it gives you, but not letting it erode your ability to appreciate the things that you have and the position you're in. Now, like you, we've both talked about, you and I both feel relatively blessed as individuals. So it might seem easy to think, oh, well, Dennis and Maji have a great. Of course they feel like that. But I'm sure there are plenty of people, whoever's listening to this, who would want to swap places with you 100%. Oh, no, no question. And I, I, I read the quote, you know, obviously, so a lot of these quotes, just so you know, everyone, we don't review our quotes together no, before. Not at all. Um, and so I definitely read and interpreted the quote exactly as you've described it. Grass is always greener. There's mm-hmm. another way to look at it, though, as we've discussed things that's popped in my brain, which is fundamentally, and I'm going to use the male, uh, the, the, the male pronoun just because Machiavelli did fundamentally the rich man and the poor man are the same 
we have the same human desires. There's not as much differentiating us as I think a lot of us like to think. Mm-hmm. And whether whether you are on the richer side of that or the poorer side of that, there is a desire for newness. I think there's a desire for betterment. Um, a lot of times when you're idle and you, you don't know what's good for you, a lot of times when you're not idle, you don't know what's good for you. But I think there is a desire for betterment fundamentally is in, in human nature. And so while I agree the idea behind this quote is a grass is always greener kind of thing from Machiavelli, um, I also think there's a way to look at it and say, look, we're all people. And this is something there's something fundamental about that, something fundamental about us as, as a human creature that wants new things, that wants to experience things differently, whether we're stuck in the rat race, whether we're at the top of the, you know, Mm-hmm. we're owning billion dollar company. And look at Elon. He's like, I'm going to go buy Twitter now. I'm going to go do this. I am certain I'm happier than he is. <laughs> like, there's no, I, I, I think I would hedge I th- on that. You know, I think that um, there's a story and I, I know we're running short on time. It's okay. There's a story uh, about Bill Gates before he founded Microsoft when he was a starving student. And I, I can't remember, he was getting off at an airport or a train station on a regular basis. He went to buy a newspaper. And he didn't have the money. And the guy at the newspaper stand gave it to him for free. And he repeatedly went there and went there and went there um, on a regular basis to buy newspapers. And then he realized, you know, I think this guy was giving him free papers or whatever, occasionally free papers. But there was this one incident that he writes about where it was a free paper. And I'm sorry if I'm butchering the story, but the punchline will be the same. He then becomes Bill Gates, the richest man in the world. At one time, Bill Gates, the richest man in the world. And he finds this vendor still selling newspapers. And he's like, you know, this gift you get, I had no money. I needed a newspaper and you gave it to me when I was nothing and nobody. I want to give you whatever you want in the world. And the guy at the newspaper says, what could you possibly give me? Mm. You can't give me anything to match what I gave you. I gave you something when you had nothing that you wanted, you know, that you needed. That meant a lot to me. None of this means anything to you because you have so much wealth. You have so much sway. What you give me won't have the emotional impact, the emotional value, the actual gravitas. Even if it's like, hey, buy me a 30-foot yacht. Whatever, yeah. I mean, million dollars is pretty cool. Match. But no, I, I, but the essence is true. I understand. And yeah. I think the, 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 the core of the quote is it's trying to retain that curiosity without letting it turn into like the sort of dominating insatiability, right? Yeah. And I think we all have that, you know, whether you want to call it, you know, there's, there's a thin line between ambition and obsession. 